How do you deal with the financial disruption? What would you do if you lost a large amount of money in a short amount of time? And why do ministry banking relationships matter? We're going to talk about it in today's podcast. Welcome to the Kingdom One podcast, where we grow the church together. This podcast is here to give you big ideas and help you get practical with the tactical. Here's your host. Kingdom One fam, welcome back to another podcast. We have wrangled up some industry leaders and experts in finance to answer the question, are banks a safe place to keep money right now? We're going to take a look at some recent bank closures. We're going to look at risk mitigation and arm you with the questions that you can ask your bank institution to make sure that your ministry is financially sound. Let's hear how a couple of banks were closed by the federal government earlier this month from our CFO, Jason Cho. I literally had one of my friends at church pull me to the side and say, hey, I guess I haven't been paying attention to the news. Is my money okay in a bank? Because our bank's all failing. Uh, and that's kind of setting the table for, I think, how everyone out there is feeling. Um, we're reading headlines. We're not actually understanding a lot of the nuances of things. But what fundamentally at its core has happened is Silicon Valley Bank uh, was shut down by the FDIC, which is the Federal Deposit Insurance Corp, on Friday, March 10th, for basically running out of money. And that raises some eyebrows because people put their money in banks so that the money will be there later when they need to access it. So people are wondering, oh my gosh, is this like a 0809 Great Recession kind of contagion with the subprime stuff and all the other crazy stuff? My cousin lost his house because of that, or my, it affected my, my parents. Um, I don't think it's the same fundamentally. I think it's different. The root causes are different. Um, banks are really money managers and risk managers at the same time. So they lend money out. They uh, buy securities, so to speak. Um, and Silicon Valley Bank actually wasn't, quote unquote, doing anything too crazy because it was permitted within the guidelines. But um, it was a bit of a perfect storm for them where what they thought couldn't happen did actually end up happening. Um, there's a little bit of finger pointing between, well, all these interest rates that are rising and it's changing the value of our stuff. And But at the end of the day, what I would say is um, there was a little panic through social media that was created in the VC community that created a bank run. Um, and bank runs are technically possible at any time because, again, if banks loan out the money, the money is not technically there for them to give back to you. They are not expecting if they have a hundred million dollars in deposits that the next day people are going to come and demand a hundred million dollars of their deposits back. So that's kind of the tension. A pretty similar uh, situation with both these banks and a few others that I think people are keeping an eye on. This is Michael Garcia. He is a banker at Five Star Bank, and we wanted to get an insider's perspective on what took place. Uh, I think the simplest way of saying it is that you have um, banks that have made good lending decisions um, but looking to get a little edge on their deposits, their return, if you will. Um, so the shortest way I can think about saying it is they took short-term dollars, money that should be held for short-term investments, um, available for depositors if they needed to get the money back out, and they put in long-term investments and over 10-year investments, and uh, they weren't able to meet their call report. And so then when it came time to um, address that need, they weren't able to do that. And there's a few... I think warning signs that came up that really 
sent alarms off, uh, you know, a week, you know, I think probably the Wednesday, Thursday before the, the feds came in that actually made people go away. Let take notice. We need to bear, hurry up and act fast. And that's really where things snowballed at that point. You're going to be hearing from John Hughes. He is a CPA, a CFO. He sits on the Kingdom One board, and a lot of people mistake him for the Hollywood screenwriter. That's not him. This John Hughes has a great acumen when it comes to financial literacy, and you're going to want to listen to this wisdom. I've heard it said the worst thing that a bank uh, representative can say in, in public is that everything's okay, because if you're saying that, everything's not okay. And that caused a little bit of a scare, especially in that industry, which is high tech, venture capital. Those are two high risk things right now. And that caused, uh, again, this kind of uh, fear uh, in that industry. And a lot of them, uh, these bank, the banks and news have been tied to have work in the crypto space and that um, the blockchain type stuff. So it's, it's risky and bank, banking's not without risk. And so I think they just got caught in a spot where they were not dealing with their risk properly. And then unfortunately, there's ripple effects. And so what we see today happening right now is some of the larger banks are trying to help shore up other regional banks so that this doesn't continue this ripple doesn't continue and so it's a little bit of self-regulation in the moment this is a chance to start asking questions do we have the right banking relationships do we have the right quantity of banking relationships where do we hold our money what does it mean to be insured um, what would we do in the case of something like this happening so it's just a chance to ask some really good questions i think it's easy um, even for us as consumers to put our bank, to put our money in Wells Fargo, Chase, Bank of America, and just, oh yeah, it's always going to be there. Um, but we need to ask more questions than that, uh, especially when we're um, stewarding kingdom resources or anybody's resources. It's um, the dollars uh, that we've been entrusted to, to be overseeing. Um, we need to do due diligence. Due diligence is something you're going to hear a lot of in this podcast. As Christians and ministry leaders, we are called to steward money well, and an important aspect of stewardship is relational equity. In this next section, our founders Stephen Bush and John Hughes continue the conversation on how you can mitigate risk with relationships. Relationship is really so important, and it might sound strange for you as a pastor to think about your banker as a relationship versus just maybe a utility of sorts. Like I need to have a bank account because I got to have somewhere obviously to put the dollars and pay the people and the bills and those types of things. And so maybe just speak even to that, like the idea of a banking relationship. And then maybe even just like, well, we might be a couple questions that, um, you know, a pastor might be able to um, ask or, uh, you know, again, a business administrator or camp, you know, administrator, et cetera. Banks of various sizes are very important. Um, big banks, national banks, regional banks, community banks, credit unions, they all play a specific role in our economy. Um, one of the advantages of a region, the regional banks or even the community banks is it's a little bit, it's easier to have business relationships with those people. Generally, that's not always the case. I've had fantastic relationships, um, with bankers and big banks, national banks. Um, but I think it's important to know who your banker is, know who they are, grab lunch with them once a year, once a quarter. Um, tell them about your ministry. They want to hear about what's going on because it's, again, it's about risk that they're managing risk. They, they have services to offer. They have things that they can do to help your ministry. Even just little things of, if you need a notary, you can often go to your bank and they'll do it for you for free. And so there's just those, but by having the conversations and the relationships when, and we found this in the pandemic is when you have those relationships, you get to call on them when you're in the greatest need. I think if you're having those conversations, important things to ask is just ask them flat out. Like how, how are you protected from these types of issues? How, how what kind of clients do you typically serve? How, what is the, um, what is your compliance 
department look like? And how do you, how are you kept on in check to make sure that you're going to be solvent for the next 30, 40, 100 years, hopefully? Um, those are just easy questions to ask. Um, how do you guys invest excess cash? Um, what type of loans do you do? Because the, the investing for a bank is not just putting money in the stock market, it's issuing loans and invest, investing in other businesses via the lending process. So those are, I think, important questions to ask. They will all come up. You, you can even ask the easy question. I don't know what I need to know. What do I need to know? Michael Garcia from Five Star Bank weighs in with some advice and some questions that you should be asking. You know, unfortunately, this can happen to any bank that uh, where the leadership team just makes a, a you know unfortunate decision like they did at Silicon Valley Bank and others. Um, so I really would encourage, and I would say this for every ministry and really any season, they should know who their bank, you have that relationship. They should go to them and say, hey, what's your balance sheet look like? What what are you guys doing? How are you performing? How, what's your liquidity look like? And liquidity is going to be their ability. That's in the summary, it's going to be their ability to meet those on cash demands, right? Um, what's your investments? Uh, you know, they can look at that. What's your financial report? That local banker should know. If they don't know, you're probably at the wrong place to be candid. Uh, I think sometimes in ministry, we can almost have a set it and forget it mindset. We've worked with Jimmy. Jimmy's great. Jimmy's been our banker for 20 years. Like he's the one who helped us get this building in the first place. We're never leaving Jimmy. I get that. And that says a lot about loyalty. That says a lot about relationship, that there's a lot of beautiful things there. But I promise you this, Jimmy still does not control how much the bank is going to insure your funds for. That's past Jimmy's pay grade, so to speak. So it kind of puts the responsibility back on us to just be mindful of where uh, our money is at and how it's at work for us and how is it protected. Is your money protected? That is a great question. Another great question is how do we protect our money? What about the ministry leader who is stewarding hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars? Let's tune into the experts to hear what they have to say. You know, if on my balance sheet, I, I might have just a lot of cash, right? And so maybe we're um, in the middle or at the end of a capital campaign. And now we're excited about, you know, getting to, you know, hopefully leverage some of those dollars, you know, towards something, or maybe just God has blessed us. And we've got a really healthy cash reserve. That was something that maybe even out of COVID, we were like, you know what, I want to make sure our church has three to six months of, you know, just dollars in the bank. And so, but now I look at that on my balance sheet and I look at, I hear things like FDIC coverage and, you know, like some people may have lost money, you know, maybe talk to us about that a little bit, if you could, um, you don't have to get super technical, but what, what advice would you be, would you give even as you, you look at a lot of balance sheets, what you do for a living, but you know, what would you kind of speak to on that sense? As a typical accountant, I go to the negative. So, uh, don't over diversify because as an auditor, you know, you don't want to, and an accountant, you don't want to have too many bank statements or too many bank accounts because that's a lot of reconciliation to do. So take it easy on your staff and don't put too many banks and uh, bank accounts in place. Um, but I think that's also one of those questions to talk with your banker about. Like, how do we protect our cash? What do you recommend? Ask them. What do you recommend we do so that we're not overexposed? We um, so just a quick tangent as auditors, we require in our, we're required to disclose in the audited financial statements when there's a it's called a concentration risk or a credit concentration. Um, yeah, concentration risk. And that's when we, there's assets, uh, liquid assets in excess of the FDIC limits um, with regard to cash. And so that stuff's always disclosed and everybody, you know, we're typically aware of that, but you can look at different um, vehicles within banks to, um, to not have to worry about those federal insurance programs. Um, if you're in a credit union, as an aside, you're in a, you're insured through a, uh, 
I think it's NCUA, not FDIC. That's for federal banks or the, uh, um, our banking system credit unions different. So just heads up there, but they're both 250. Um, you know, and so, uh, some clients, some banks, um, one of them that we work a lot with uses a different program for money management. And so cash up sweeps overnight into these money market accounts. That's actually an, it's called an ICA account and it has multiple millions of dollars of limits. Um, it's actually the bank's insurance limits with all assets combined at that point. So now the 250 doesn't require, doesn't matter anymore. So, um, if you're at that point where you've got an extra seven hundred you know million dollars in the bank, you're not sure what to do with it to protect yourself. Talk to your bank; they may have this type of option for you. If you're uninsured, if you have uninsured cash and you're just sitting on it, do something with it. That's my advice: is don't just let it sit in your checking account, or your savings account, and do nothing for you. Put it in a money market, put it to work, put it um, pay down your debt, do something because uh, just to sit on it uninsured, you're can. You, Look at what you're getting for having uninsured cash just sitting there. Nothing. So go do something. My, my advice would be to do something with it. So I think you could do that. And technically that might be like the right on paper answer. I, I think that could, in a sense, almost be overkill in a way. This is Jason Cho further clarifying if ministries should just open up multiple accounts for the $250,000 FDIC limits. Uh, as John mentioned, ICA accounts, uh, I wanted further clarification. So we asked Michael Garcia and Jason Cho to weigh in on what ministries and banks should do in order to protect additional funds. Um, I would first ask, why do you even have a million sitting in cash? What's your operational budget? Because it sounds like you probably actually have a lot of funds that are not being put to work for you. So I think the conversation even about money market funds, CDs, other things that you could do to earn a return on them. And uh, outside of that, I wouldn't just want to sit on a pile of cash because that would that that is missing out, I think, on a bigger opportunity overall. Um, in terms of actually having, if you need to have that much cash, I would definitely talk to your bank specifically and your board as the two main people, because um, I don't know what the specifics of your ministry goals are. If you are looking to launch a brand new site for your multi-site church and your building and building materials cost more right now. Um, you need access to that cash immediately and you can't put it into CDs that are six, nine, 12 months out um, or beyond. So that's where is a bank going to fail in the next three months that you need to tap that million dollars for your building projects? Probably not. Is it wise to have it spread out among, you know, 10 different accounts at $250,000 a piece just for the FDIC insurance? I don't think so. I think there's a different way to ensure and protect your money. And um, for a lot of the, the larger accounts at banks, they're actually mindful of this and they do have things in place to protect your money. Yeah. So FDIC is going to cover your bank, your banks, your federal insured deposit for banks. And you have NCUA for credit unions. Both are federally insured offering a quarter million dollar protection per borrower or depositor. So you're going to look at your EIN number, your TIN number. And that's key when you look at your aggregate. Um, and so that for your ministries, because they're a nonprofit, you have one EIN, one number for the ministry. And so their typical account is going to be covered up to a quarter million dollar protection. Um, but, you know, institutions like ours have a additional coverage protection that allows you to actually go further. So I think it's like $25 million or more 
if you just have funds that are just sitting there, like you said, you're, you're saving up for that project. Uh, we do even offer uh, like CD, CD type of products that are fully insured. So if you've got $3 million that, are, that you're building up, but you're not going to start this project for another year or two or something like that, you may want to put that into a different type of CD, um, but have it fully insured. Uh, so you have different options that allow you to have that full protection. Um, and the great part is the funds stay on deposit with us, which I think is key with what we're offering. With all this talk of CDs, it reminds me of when magazines used to have these postcards that you could mail in and you would get 10 CDs for a penny. This was way before Spotify, and that's a bad financial decision to do that. Um, but when we're talking about CDs here, we're talking about certificates of deposit. It's a banking product that allows you to... Uh, put your money in at a fixed percentage over time. Um, those times can range from months to years. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about CDs. One question that nobody is asking at large uh, is what should we do as Jesus followers uh, for the people who have maybe experienced uh, disruption in the finance industry? Um, you know, what is that ministry moment that we should be having with our friends, relatives, the loved ones that have been impacted by these bank closures? Jason Choway, in for us? Well, I love that question because when we get to shepherd, we should shepherd everybody is I think the idea. And, you know, the Bible teaches us to mourn with those who mourn, to grieve with those who grieve, to celebrate with those who celebrate. And our brothers and sisters in the financial services arena in that sector, it's scary right now, you know, and this is not scary just because of Silicon Valley Bank. This has been two years of COVID and everything else that has really, you know, people like corporations have cost cutting measures. And, you know, sometimes that is someone in your congregation or in your family who may have lost their job about this. I will say the beauty of the opportunity we have as a local church is anytime there is crisis, anytime there is fear, we can come with confident assurance that God is still in control, that Jesus is still on the throne. And for every um, opportunity to think about fear, we have an opportunity to present truth and faith. Special thanks to our friends, Ron Blue CPAs and Five Star Bank for participating in this podcast. We hope this episode has clarified why ministry banking matters. At Kingdom One, we understand that ministry finance is complex, and in this economy, the stakes are high. A few wrong financial decisions could lead to organizational stallout and staff frustrations. At Kingdom One, we have a simple plan to get you to financial health as quickly as possible. Visit kingdomone.co slash get dash started to set a call with a ministry partner, get a plan of action, and get back to the ministry that you love. KingdomOne.co slash get dash started today. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. And until we chat again, let's grow the church together.